A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We have merch. Check out the AmericanGlutton.net shop. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. A number of people have come up to me wearing American Glutton merch, and nothing fills my heart with more pride than seeing somebody in one of these t-shirts. And I've been stopped on the street and asked where to get it when somebody sees me in an American Glutton hoodie. Well, you can get it all at the shop on AmericanGlutton.net. And my favorite t-shirt, yesterday it was tomorrow, right now, is up now. Get it while supplies last. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, I'm talking to Dr. Michael Greger about his new book, How Not to Age, The Scientific Approach to Getting Healthier as You Get Older. Dr. Michael Greger, welcome back to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you so much. Good to be back. Been a couple of years, and you have a new book coming out that is about reversing the aging process. Is that correct? That's what it's all about. Let's get into it. What do we do? I want I want the fountain of youth because I have more gray hair since the last time we talked. More salt and pepper. Don't worry. Well, look, um, the most important thing, according to the Global Burden of Disease Study, the largest study of disease risk factors in history. Funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, number one cause of death and disability in the United States is the American diet. So that's where we begin. And based on more than 150 dietary surveys in the so-called blue zones, these are areas of exceptional longevity around the world where there's the most centenarians, the most people who live over 100, the longest, healthiest lives. And what's the number one? So they came up with the blue zone food guidelines. Number one. Recommendation for the Blue Zones, eat a diet that's 95 to 100% plant food. So we want to center our diets around whole plant foods. So minimizing processed foods, meat, dairy, egg, salt, sugar, maximizing fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, which are beans, split peas, chickpeas, lentils, nuts and seeds, herbs and spices, mushrooms, basically real food that grows out of the ground. These are our healthiest choices. So that's, I mean, okay, great. So that's the bare minimum. Do you think I've been looking at meat a lot lately, and I I do eat animal products, which I think I said to you the last time we talked. But I have been thinking more and more about like um, if you look at the kind of nutrition panel of a wild caught axis deer versus a farmed cow, they're very, very different. There's, Absolutely. There's a ton of nutrients that just don't exist in the cow. Right. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think even if you get like grass fed meat compared to like factory farmed meat and, and the health of the animal that you're consuming probably plays some role in this, right? Oh, absolutely. No, in terms of meat, the healthiest would absolutely be, you know, wild caught game. Um, now, this is, uh, you know, game harvested without lead ammunition. That's critically important. Um, but uh, so, yeah, deer, moose, elk, we're talking like 4% 
um, fat, which is really how all meat used to be before we genetically manipulated animals to increase their fat content. Go back 100 years, even chicken. It's only 2% fat. Now, 20% fat, there's more fat than protein in chicken. And that's because uh, the industry has selected for these really fatty birds, um, just like, you know, the processed food industry has, you know, concentrated the sugar, fat, salt um, in their foods as well. And so we end up um, with something that used to be a lot healthier than it is now. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's just an analogy, and this is everything in my head works in, in analogies. I have a daughter with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And she's had it for 14 years now. But I would notice that if we weren't super diligent with everything she ate and dosing her and making sure her basal insulin was on point, if she had a spike of a high that we then had to correct and and none of this is perfectly scientific. It's all a little bit of a guess. Like the doctor's even saying, let's see what this ratio of insulin to carbohydrates does. So then we've got this situation where she's really high. We correct with insulin, but we've overcorrected, even though we've stuck to exactly the dosage. So now her, her blood sugar's crashing. So now we have to correct with fast acting sugar. So we get her a juice box. Now it's spiking again. Yeah. So with kind of like dietary stuff, I also have perceived these rash extreme reactions followed by. So we demonize fat a long time ago, and then you see sugar jumping up in everything. So because, you know, you got to get people, people want to taste stuff. So now we have all the sugar. Now there's adverse reactions from that. So they go, well, well, you, you actually need some fat in your diet. So let's overcreate the, the other way and get rid of all carbohydrates and now only eat fat. And now it skyrockets. And just recently, and you're a doctor, I'm not, but correct me if I'm wrong, seed oils have been demonized. Mm-hmm. And yet the people who are demonizing them are eating almost all omega-6 fats from meats which have play a similar role in the body so it's just like what what's happening here the 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 information gets so confusing and it's just one extreme to the next and look the food industry wants it that way it wants people confused wants people have that kind of nutritional backlash so they'll throw up their hands and put whatever crap is put in front of them look the food industry loves this kind of you know, nutrientism, where they talk about macronutrients, talk about vitamins and minerals, then they can sell you a box of, you know, day glow marshmallows with 13, uh, you know, vitamins and minerals in it. Um, uh, Not realizing, of course, the rest of the stuff is just a sugary mess. Um, Same thing with, you know, uh, the the industry would be happy to sell you, you know, uh, low carb junk food, high carb junk food, vegan junk food, even ironically, paleo junk food. They'll, I mean, right? They just want to profit off of whatever kind of trends are out there. They don't care. Um, But when it really comes down to, and we now have really decades in terms of scientific consensus around the core tenets of healthy eating that goes back decades, um, there's actually, uh, there's an organization um, called the True Health Initiative. You can go to truehealthinitiative.org. This is kind of like the IPCC of nutrition. They got hundreds of the top nutrition professionals in the world to agree on a consensus statement as to what is the healthiest diet for the human species because there's just so much misleading misinformation crap out there. And spoiler alert, right? It's a diet that's centered, not necessarily exclusively, but primarily around these unprocessed plant foods. And is that because of the food landscape that we live in? Let me put it to you this way. If we were hunter gatherers, would you be advocating for a plant-based diet? Well, it depends what we were hunting and gathering, right? So, right. Are we going back before the industrial revolution, right? Right. Yes. Then all of a sudden, right. So all of a sudden fish is different. So for example, you look at the aquatic food chain, there's the the high, you know, basically, you know, we've so polluted our world that, you know, our oceans are kind of humanity sewer, right? Yeah. All the mercury from all the coal plants in China eventually settles in the oceans and builds up the food chain. So the highest levels of the PCBs and dioxins and heavy metals like mercury, et cetera, build up the aquatic food chain. We can eat smaller fish, shorter live fish lower down on the food chain but right we want a time machine it's what we want go back before the industrial revolution now we're talking now everything looks a lot different right now no there aren't any you know trans fats um which we created to ironically to 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 go against the saturated animal fats like lard and tallow it's like oh now we have something healthy turns out it was even worse 
Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, so, so my, I mean, if you look, the obesity epidemic really just took off, um, really, you know, late seventies, early eighties. Um, and so, and what happened was this, you know, churn the, the, the food industry started churning out all this highly processed crap. So absolutely just going back before the processed foods, we would certainly, um, be able to eat a lot healthier. Still, though, we would be eating predominantly plants. So if you go back, you know, uh, we talk about the Paleolithic diet, which is 2 million years ago when we started using tools, but we actually broke off from our last um, great ape ancestor 20 million years ago in the Miocene era. And so the, for the first 90% of our evolution, from 20 million up to 2 million, we were really eating what the rest of our great ape cousins eat, which is almost entirely plant foods before we learned um, how to hunt. And then, of course, we learned how to mill grains and boil sugarcane. And then, you know, all hell broke loose. Um, but uh, but our physiology for the first 90 percent, we really did evolve to have these extremely high fiber diets. We have, you know, paleolithic fossilized feces suggesting we have like 120 grams of fiber a day it was just totally off the charts. We lost the ability to, to create vitamin C. Our body used to be able to make vitamin C, but we just junked the DNA because all we're doing is eating leaves and fruit all day. There's no need to make it. Most other animals do. So these are some of the hints that we really were, um, you know, meant to eat a lot of plants. But again, we're not looking at the same kind of um, really unhealthy animal products that are um, on, the, on the table today. Yeah, it, it feels like every... Every shift in this is the attempt to solve a problem that then creates a whole domino effect of other problems, right? right so, right. like, I, I look around and I go, like, well, I think, you know, obesity is killing us, and I, I hope that that largely the way we eat today is um, an attempt for nobody to be hungry, not just to line a few people's pockets, right? Like, I think it starts with. There's there's more people. We have a real demand for food. How do we lower the cost of food for all these people? Right. I hope that's uh, instinct number one. And then based on that, we get subsidized corn or uh, soy beef and, and the soy and corn is mostly for fuel and and to feed the cows that right, we right. also subsidize. And, and then and now we have the situation where we're all fat. Or a right, huge right. percentage yeah. of us are fat. Yeah. Or yeah. Th so these food. I mean, that's why there's jo dollar menu burgers because we subsidize the feed, we subsidize the corn and soy. We also subsidize the sugar industry. Why is taxpayer dollars going to make the worst food the cheapest? Why? Because of the stranglehold within here within the Beltway over these food interests. I mean, you think of the how powerful the tobacco industry was uh, back half century ago, um, was able to delay regulations for decades. Here, the processed food industry, we're talking about a trillion dollar industry. It's not just one industry, many different in uh, different industries, um, which are all have their face in the trough. And, uh, and so the reason that they're selling the worst food is not because there's some kind of conspiracy. I mean, the head of Coca-Cola is not sitting there thinking, how can I contribute to the childhood obesity epidemic? They're thinking, how do I uh, make my shareholders happy in the next quarter? Right. And how do you do that? Do you sell that doing fruits and vegetables, uh, selling fruits and vegetables? Fruits and vegetables go bad. It's the worst possible thing to sell. You can't brand them. What you want is a snack cake that's just on the shelf for a few months. That's how you make money. Or sell brown sugar water in a bottle. It's pure profit. Right. Taxpayer <laughs> subsidized sugar. It's like just all profit. So so it's not I mean, it's just the system is set up to reward the selling of the worst kind of food. So we're just bombarded every day with ads for junk food and fast food and candy. And so, you know, being overweight, even being obese in the society is not some moral failing. The battle of the bulge is a battle against biology. Right. Uh, becoming overweight is a normal, natural reaction to an abnormal, unnatural situation we find ourselves in where we are just drowning in a sea of excess calories uh, from these you know, fatty, sugary foods concentrated in calories. Um, and so, I mean, you know, so it's a matter of taking control back over our health, our community's health, our family's health, uh, because unfortunately, these food corporations do not have our family's best health um, forefront in mind. Yeah. I, isn't it also, isn't there a, a genetic or a natural in, inclination for a body to want to store fat? 
because it's like oh, a savings account of energy. Absolutely. We evolved in the context of scarcity, right? I mean, so it was really all about famine. It's, we need to survive long enough to pass on our genes. So we have this craving for concentrated sources of calories, right? So the honey, ripe fruit, the sugary, the fatty bone marrow, brains, anything that has more calories just to get us over the hump so we can pass along our genes. Same thing with salt. There's no salt shakers on the Savannah or no KFC, right? So we have this craving for salt, um, which got us here. We would not have survived without it. But now, unfortunately, those same biological cravings are being used against us. The food industry is using those natural biological urges against us to feed us crap to line their pockets. And and the the flip side of this is you, you have an industry making a lot of money that's got r repercussions. And then those rep repercussions are also servicing another industry, which is making a lot of money. You know, statins, I believe, are the number one prescribed medication in America. And soon, I believe, the new weight loss drugs will overtake statins even. And so that's billions and billions and billions of dollars servicing the effects of billions and billions and billions of dollars. Right. Now, that is really the cash cow of big pharma. It's not like something like antibiotics, life-saving antibiotics that you take for 10 days. Where's the money in that? They want Lifetime. lifestyle drugs. Yeah. They want drugs you have to take every single day for the rest of your life. And like these new weight loss drugs, right? They, they're all designed to be taken every single week for the rest of your life. Um, and so that is, I mean, so no wonder there's a tremendous boon in these kind of drugs, the blood sugar lowering drugs, the cholesterol lowering drugs, the blood pressure lowering drugs, the osteoporosis drugs every single day for the rest of your life. That's really where it is. Now you say, well, well, look, isn't that good that we can just take a pill? I mean, why get off the couch when we can just take a pill? Well, unfortunately, most of these so-called lifestyle drugs really don't work as well as people or their physicians really uh, think so. So, for example, statin drugs, um, the best we can really get from statin drugs, these cholesterol-lowering drugs, in secondary prevention, which is really where we need them the most, where you've already had a heart attack, known heart disease, trying to prevent another heart attack. Over six years, the absolute risk reduction is really only about 2%. Um, so it takes your risk down from 6% over the next six years of having another heart attack down to 4%. Now that's advertised by Big Pharma as a 33% reduction in heart attack risk, which is technically true, right? Going from 6% down to 4%. But you should realize there's really only a 2% absolute risk reduction. So about one in 50 people will benefit and the other 98% really won't. Now look, on a population scale, that's millions of lives in the balance, right? So if you are unable or unwilling to clean up your diet um, and improve your lifestyle, well, then these drugs can, um, on the margins, save lives, but not as powerful as treating the underlying cause of these diseases by doing simple things. And I really want to emphasize that. I guess my book is like enormous, got 13,000 citations. It goes on and on, really gets in the weeds. But I want to, it's important to take a step back. We're not talking about drastic changes here. It's not all or nothing. Even basic, simple, common sense lifestyle factors can literally mean a decade um, of life, um, living a decade of life longer. And that is not smoking, not being obese, regular exercise, and eating more fruits and vegetables. Those simple things um, can mean the difference of, uh, of a decade life on this planet. And it's never too late. It's never too late to start eating healthier, never too late to stop smoking, never too late uh, to start moving. Yeah, okay. Let's go down the checklist. I quit smoking 18 years ago. Fantastic. I, I still use nicotine. How do you feel about that? Do you want to yell at me? Oh, well, I mean, it'll actually reduce your risk of getting Parkinson's. That's there we go. I, I like it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I have just won this argument with my wife and I'm going to cite you. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, I lost 300 pounds. Check ah, to amazing. That's good. Here, here. I just want to paint this picture for you. I had beautiful blood work as I was losing weight. Uh -huh. My blood work was miraculous. I love it. As I maintained my weight, my LDL crept up. Yeah. And the, and when I discussed this with my physician, he, he said, how much fiber do you eat? And in fairness, I didn't eat none, but I wasn't getting nearly right. what he wanted me to do. Sure. Oh, good. So good. I, I increased my fiber, but I want to say 
that was really tough on my mm. GI tract. Like oh, okay. I, I had a lot of distress at first. I was able to push through and get through yeah. it, but it took a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I would just posit that anybody who eats a standard American diet, who yeah. then goes to this increase could be in for some discomfort at first. Do you have yeah, any? I'm so glad you stuck with it. That's critically important. It all has to do with our microbiome. So our microbiome, the, the bugs in our gut, I mean, if we've been slathering our guts with, you know, cheeseburgers and milkshakes our whole lives, I mean, we just don't have these fiber feeders down there, which are really the, the healthiest bugs that produce these so-called postbiotics like butyrate, which improves our immune system, decreases inflammation, reduces appetite, all these beneficial things. But that's the fiber feeders. If we don't feed the fiber feeders, they're going to die away. So the, in order to foster the growth of the good bugs, the bifidobacteria, the acidophilus, we need to eat healthy foods. But in that interim, and then it's going to take a few weeks, people can get bloated, people can get gassy, people, it can be really uncomfortable. And so people are like, well, obviously, this is terrible for me, I'm going to go back to where I were, but they realize, but you realize that you then you are maintaining those bad bugs, and you're you're not going to get the benefits. And so, you know, I encourage people to start slow. You know, I mean, it's so often people just think black and white, like, that's it, I'm gonna, you know, they get a diagnosis or something, they get one of these coronary artery calcium scans or something like, oh, my God, shit, I got to do something. And the next day, they clean out the cupboards and stuff and psychologically that can be really useful um but um if you're experiencing those kind of symptoms i would i would dial it back it's not doesn't matter what you eat today or tomorrow and certainly not birthdays holidays special occasions but really what you're going to eating literally over the next decade like what are you going to eat on a daily basis for years and so it's got to be sustainable it's got to be something that you enjoy and so however long it takes you to really lock in that healthy diet you should take that time so you know um and so studies show you know you 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 know add leg add beans to somebody's diet um and most people is fine but uh but uh but there's a significant percentage about 30 percent of people do get that increased gassiness but two weeks later um it goes down to baseline levels so yeah and um, if you so start you can, small and so build. start small you could literally start with a tail like a, a spoonful of chickpeas a day right i mean if your diet is bad enough really we could start there and slowly build the growth of those uh, bacteria so there's actually so there's gas producing bacteria and actually some of the good bacteria produce gas that's fine but that will foster the growth of gas eating bacteria in your gut which will then eat the gas and so then and then you don't have the bloating problems you don't have the gas problems but again it takes time start slow stick with it this is the healthiest way to eat um it just may take your body to get there and the worse you're eating before the longer it may take Okay. Uh, another question. Is there a difference um, for the way y your gut bacteria is going to process this stuff in like, let's say I take egg whites or something and blend it with spinach and make that into and cook that. Is that going to be as beneficial to me as eating a handful of raw spinach? Am I losing something by blending it? Oh, no. No. I mean, if you actually blend it, you actually get more nutrition. In fact, oh. you can get three times the, the lutein, which is one of these uh, eyesight-saving, um, brain-saving uh, uh, carotenoids that are found concentrated in dark green leafy vegetables, critically important for brain and eye health. And you get three times more in your bloodstream eating the same amount of spinach that's blended compared to whole. Oh, uh, wow. So no matter how you chew, you're not going to be breaking open all those cell walls. Um, which are made out of fiber, indigestible. Um, and so mincing it up can increase it, even if you just mince up spinach, but blending it, like making some kind of green smoothie or pesto or something like that, that's how you release all that nutrition. Um, and so, yeah, so so same amount of spinach, three times more nutrition in your blood supply rather than just flushing it away. And, and would this also be true for chickpeas, uh, like a tablespoon of hummus is fine. A tablespoon of chickpeas is fine. I, I realize there's some other stuff in there, maybe a little bit of olive oil and tahini. Right, right, and right, right, right. No, no. Yeah, I mean, the um, um, now when it comes to kind of whole grains and legumes, by eating them whole rather than blended up, we can actually retain some of that starch. Um, for our good gut bugs. So no matter how we how well we chew, there's going to be you know uh, you know intact cells that make it down um, and actually uh, are, are 
bring some more prebiotics to our good gut bugs. And so you can actually, so by eating, so by randomizing people to eat either nuts or nut butters or powdered oatmeal versus versus rolled oats or hummus versus versus chickpeas, you can actually get a greater stool bulking eating the exact same amount of food. It's because most of stool is not undigested food. It's actually bacteria per bacteria, literally trillions per teaspoon. And they, when you feed them those intact um, whole grains and legumes, uh, enough makes it down there that it can be uh, they can multiply and uh, and uh, and produce all those good postbiotics that are healthy for us. So um, we can we blend our greens right. ideally, um, but uh, try to eat uh, the rest of our plant foods intact. Okay, amazing. And and I've I I love oatmeal. I, I've I, I guess I have put a tablespoon of oatmeal into a protein shake before, but that is so rare. So I'm mm. not a, that's not a concern for me, but. I will say that um, I've even done like, here's how I make oatmeal and I'm adding, you know, uh, chia seeds and Great. cooking it with apples and stuff nice. like that. And it's delicious and cinnamon. Great. I always get a ton of people commenting that oatmeal is poisonous because there's some uh, phylates. I, I don't even know what that right, is. Right, right. No, you. no, no, no. No, no. So, yeah, no. Uh, so fight, there's these a number of uh, so-called uh, uh, nutrient inhibitors, one of which, uh, uh, phytates. phytates, um, this was based on, this is based on studies done on puppies about a half century ago in people. They actually, um, don't bind minerals. That's what the concern. We were concerned about the softening of bones and dogs, um, fed high phytate diets that does not appear to be a problem in people. And in fact, they, um, appear to have anti-cancer um, compounds. So the more phytates people like, eat actually the lower rates of cancer they have. Um, so that's not a concern. The only really concern in that whole sphere of nutrient inhibitors are oxalates. There are a few high oxalate foods, beet greens, Swiss chard, um, and spinach, um, that uh, if you eat literally cups a day, multiple cups a day, um, you can uh, run the risk of getting uh, oxalate kidney stones, which can be very painful. Um, also eating more than a cup of nuts a day, you could run into uh, some oxalate problems. Chaga mushroom powder, even over a spoonful a day of star fruit. We should stay away from star fruit. We, even just a couple star fruits, too many oxalates. Um, but uh, but uh, so if you're going to eat cups of greens a day and look, dark green leafy vegetables, are the healthiest food on the planet, I would just encourage you to eat any of the other greens like, you know, uh, kale and collards and arugula and, and, you know, bok choy, all those other ones, which are low oxalate and you can just kind of eat unlimited quantities. OK. And I don't have to worry about any of this with like a broccoli or a Brussels sprout. Absolutely. Although you do want to um, uh, speaking of uh, improving your absorption of nutrients and greens. Um, we need to have some source of fat in our stomach the same time those greens are consumed because the carotenoids are fat-soluble nutrients. So, for example, if you just uh, eat salsa alone, very little of the lycopene, that red pigment in tomatoes, which is so helpful in reducing prostate cancer risks, et cetera, very little actually makes it into your bloodstream. Add a little avocado, all of a sudden, more of that lycopene makes it into your system. Um, same thing with a salad. If you have a salad with a fat-free dressing, no nut seeds, nothing like that. You actually, it's almost as if you never ate the salad at all because the carotenoids, like the beta carotene, the carrots actually don't make it in your bloodstream because there's no fat in that meal. So fine, if you want to have a fat-free dressing, but add some walnuts, add some pumpkin seeds, add some chia seeds, add some flax seeds, put some avocado in there. You need to have fat in your stomach the same time you have um, uh, these vegetables. Otherwise, you're, you're you paid for all this food, but it's not making it into your system. Do you not even get the fiber benefit from them? Oh, you you do get the fiber benefit, and you get all the water soluble nutrients, right? right? Like the vitamin C and the folate. Also, I mean, so it's not like it's useless, right. but you want to just maximize, right? I mean, you if you're going to choose to eat really healthy food, you might as well get you know uh, all you all you came for. And and just yeah, because now I'm going to be uh, very stressed out every time I eat vegetables that I have to have some <laughs> fat. What amount is necessary? Like if oh, I have no no yeah no 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 very little. So um so a quarter of an avocado um okay. is more than enough fat to for for an entire meal. Um and um just a few walnut halves. Um, so it's really not much. It just uh, creates this kind of emulsification in your stomach and, and aids in the digestion. Um, uh, and we can get those nutrients into our lymph, into our bloodstream. Um, and so, yeah, it does not take much um, to get the benefit. Yeah, because I, I'm I'm very bad when I take the uh, restriction off fats. 
Uh, it's it's terrible. You know, my wife once said, like, you have to measure your olive oil. And I was like, no, this is a tablespoon. And it turned it, it was closer to a quarter cup. You know, oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. I mean, one. Thing. I mean, that is the most calorically concentrated yeah, food on the planet. 120 calories in a single tablespoon. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And and you just get so much energy. And, and but there is something, too, for me where I was super scared for a long time. I was not eating carbohydrates at all. Okay. And I would stall on my weight loss and be like, what is this? And then I'd starve myself and lose weight again, but like be miserable. Yeah. And uh, and then I lowered my fats and I was I allowed carbohydrates. But I found that carbohydrates really, to me, don't taste good. Like there's no mm. you know, if I think about a pizza as a carby food, the reality is there's probably equal or more energy coming from fat from the fat right. the pizza. You know, right. it might be less grams of fat, but. Uh, net more energy right right no right because it's more than twice as many calories per gram right exactly yeah so these are all the things that i obsess over now and you know knowing that it's okay or necessary to have a little bit of fat with my right. veggies that's fun yeah 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 but yeah ideally from whole foods right because then you get the uh the additional uh benefit of those foods as well right so like even olives instead of olive oil Right. Unfortunately, the brining process adds a little too much sodium to the olive. Such that okay. if you, so it, we really should try to keep down to 1500 milligrams of sodium today, not to give you something else to stress about. But, um, uh, you know, uh, particularly if your blood pressure is imperfect. Um, uh, and so uh, you, you can certainly have uh, a few olives, but if you're on a sodium restricted diet, which you really should all should be on, um, it doesn't take too many olives to kind of push you over the edge. So these are the magical principles by which we can reverse age. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh, well, that, these are certainly some, yeah, diet is certainly the, the centerpiece. I also, of course, talk about aging and sleep and stress and social connect and all down the list. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the, it really is. We are what we eat, which is good news because it means we have the power. How important is sleep? I, 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 when, when I talk to people, when people ask me what I can't seem to stick to a diet, the first thing I always ask is how do you sleep? Because I know for myself, when I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm twice as hungry and yep. almost incapable of making a decision that I would have made on a good night's sleep. No, exactly. Not only do people eat more when they're sleep deprived, but they eat worse. They eat more sugary, fatty foods. You put them in front of a buffet and they choose the worst foods. They just seem to, their kind of willpower seems sapped along with the rest of their energy. Um, another critical important uh, piece about sleep is immune function. So you can actually drip the cold virus into the nose of people randomized after an all-nighter or not. Um, and those who got uh, who were sleep deprived five times more likely to actually come down with a cold. So, of course, there's 100 percent infection across the board. Every single person got infected because they had the nose. But most of those who had enough sleep didn't even know. I mean, right. they didn't experience any symptoms because their body were able to was so able to, to, to clobber it down, didn't even come down with anything. So. Um, we don't have similar data just because it's unethical um, with more serious pathogens like influenza and pneumonia, but uh, it gives us a sense of how much, how powerful it is um, just getting regular amounts of sleep. Um, can get also better efficacy in terms of vaccine effectiveness after um, uh, uh, sufficient sleep um, versus um, uh, cutting down even a few hours a week. So, uh, yeah, so it's important, although it's actually controversial whether uh, sleep plays a role in longevity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, but the, the recommendation is seven, eight hours a day. Um, and how could uh, it not though, if, yep. if it's not controversial that sleep is such an important kind of ingredient in all this I'm, other stuff. Yeah. How well, it, so it doesn't, it doesn't affect cardiovascular disease risk. And, and so heart disease is by far the number one killer of men and women. So if you want to know if something really improves longevity, like if it doesn't hit, if it doesn't help the heart, doesn't improve artery function, you know, it's really hard to, to cut it down. So for example, even if all cancer across the board on planet earth was cured, it would only add three years of life expectancy overall. And it's because of, you know, if you don't have cancer, oh, you just got dropped out of a heart attack. Right. Um, so cancer is now our second leading cause of death. Um, and so that's why, you know, you know, but heart it, healthy but, diets play but such an important role. Right. But isn't diet one of the primary causes to heart disease? Oh, and- absolutely. So that's why diet is so important in terms of longevity, in terms of reducing the leading causes of death, um, uh, in terms of reducing morbidity. And whereas something like sleep, which do- which affects immune function and pneumonia is one of the top 10 uh, causes of death, uh, it doesn't reach high enough to actually um, uh, to, to sway all-cause mortality overall. Right. I I feel like this is just a loophole that somebody's using to not promote good sleep hygiene. <laughs> and you and how do you make money? You know, I guess you make money in well. I mean, and- well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah. You may. There's probably more money to made in the in the kind of sleeping pill industry. And the, right. here's my sleeping gadget. Um, right. oh, I mean, versus we have to stay up all night. We have uh, devices that are connected to every other human on Earth that are we keep with us at all times that, you know, I, I'm as guilty as the next guy. But I know this is what disrupts my kids sleep. Oh, Look, yeah. Looking sure. at phones like yeah. TV. And then we have uh, things that that mask our, our lethargy in caffeine. Yeah. It, you can't go 10 feet in America without bumping into something that's caffeinated, including your brown water that they're selling. Right, right. No, no, exactly. And and, uh, it certainly has to do, I mean, in terms of saving lives, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, sleep deprivation plays a serious role in car accidents, for example. Right. Um, And so, I mean, there certainly are pathways by which um, not getting enough sleep could literally lead to your early demise, but just on a population scale, it doesn't seem to move the needle. I think if you look at if you look at the amount of people that struggle with adherence to a specific diet and you do some correlation with how they're sleeping, I, I think it's a very easy sell to say, like, fix your sleep. You know, that's a. Yeah, no, no. It's easier to eat healthier. Um, and presumably, although I haven't seen the data, presumably people who are, you know, are less exhausted or they are more likely to do a regular exercise routine. Right. right. So you can imagine also and look, maybe that's why they're picking up the cigarette because they need that little boost because they're so um, so tired. So, yeah, you can imagine how a lot of these lifestyle uh, factors really, really uh, come together. Yeah. What What else? What are some other things that that will keep it? Oh, recently I read. Um, I think it's for the first time ever that women in America now officially live longer than men. Oh, that we have they have for in every population ever studied in since time immemorial okay well then didn't they just get a, a six month boost recently oh, did I, they get a boost i believe yeah. men just on average lost six months of life yeah uh, yeah yeah part of that is the opioid epidemic um uh which seems to uh to preferentially affect uh men yeah a life expectancy maxed out in 2014 um and then started to decline for the first time in u.s history uh, so, and that was primarily due to the obesity epidemic, where we were raising for the first time a generation of children living on average shorter lives than their parents. And this was before COVID, and knocked right. about uh, two years off our life expectancy. So, um, we got a lot of kind of uh, we got a lot of work to do to 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 boost us back up. Um, but most of that really is within our control. And so that's you know the good news I want to uh, push along with all my work. But the 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 aspect of it, with, which is within our control, is not a huge money maker. So there's no global push or national push for it. Yeah, unfortunately, right. The the uh, there's 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 really not enough. I mean, certainly it pales in comparison to the money that's being spent to you know get people to you know sit on the couch and uh, and uh, eat uh, ice cream. Right. Yeah. Last night I had a. 
a very random thing happened. Uh, a woman came to my door with a big bag of McDonald's. And I, and I was like, what is this nightmare I'm living in where a stranger is presenting me with a big bag full of what? McDonald's food? And I and like McDonald's, like I'm a sober person, but you can't uh -huh. be sober from food. So I have like guardrails about certain things I am yeah. abstinent from. McDonald's is pretty much one of them. Like I don't. I don't mess with McDonald's. Uh, it's, it's a good that's a good policy. Yeah. And here's a woman just trying to present me at my front door. And I was like, what what is this? This is like a horrible thing. You know, if you had, had a big bag of booze, I would be equally <laughs> horrified. Right, right right, right, right. What's happening? And she was a, a, a Postmates delivery person who just had my number, but was on the wrong street. So she was. She just come to the wrong house oh, with, and, and I was like, this is, this is so crazy. How surreal. Yeah. And, and I don't see commercials outside of like the, when I'm in a hotel and I just turn on TV cause we don't watch TV in my mm. house like that, but it's all drugs and food, you yeah. know, for the most yeah. part or class action lawsuits about drugs. Yeah. And food, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, but th there does seem to be, a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, we used to be able to have better control over our food environment. Um, but I mean, and you thought, look, COVID could have been a blessing, right? All of a sudden you're not walking in front of the, you know, donut store every morning, right? You have more control over your food environment. But then along comes like Uber Eats and Instacart. And all of a sudden you can get all the crap literally, you know, to your door and so, you know, the 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 recommendation always is, you know, control your environment, right? Um, you don't want to drink booze, don't have booze in the house. You don't want to eat cookies, don't have cookies in the house, right? I mean, if you have cookies and apples in the house, in the first few days, you can white knuckle it and eat the apple, but eventually you can have a bad day, whatever, some excuse, you're going to eat the cookies. But if there's no cookies, you can get hungry enough, you're going to eat that damn apple, right? Yeah. But, and so hopefully the fact that it still may take 15 minutes for some crap to get to your door, you know, the, the you know, that it's enough of a... Uh, of a barrier that people will still to eat healthy, but it's really about um, controlling your food environment because we have these natural biological urges for these, um, for these, you know, the, the, these kind of stimulants um, in our lives. And so we just really need to have to uh, not put them in front of ourselves. Yeah. And, and that becomes really, you know, because I've had success with abstinence in America, it becomes really complicated because there is food at every, almost every point of commerce. You can't go anywhere. Right. No, no. You're in a furniture store. There's candy at the checkout. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere. It's, it's because wild. it makes money, huge amounts of money. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, even to the point where I read that Coca-Cola, when they get into some big space, like a concert hall, they're just giving them the actual product. They might charge them for cups, but the actual soda is free because it's just it's just so inexpensive to produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cheap. It's all profit. Right. No yeah. wonder they're one of the biggest corporations on the planet. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. They're crushing it. They're crushing us. Um, well, Dr. Gregor, this is a lot to think about. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm always I have enjoyed our conversations and I look forward to the next one. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Keep up the good work. You too. And now for the check-in with Paige. Hi, Paige. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Okay. So, okay. When we last spoke, you were weighing options. We talked about stuff, right? Yes. Then we, we, I think I told you, we did check in and I told you that I chose to take Manjaro, which is trizepatite. Right. Um, and yeah, basically, so so I just yesterday took. How long had you wait when we checked in? How yeah. long had you had you taken it yet? Yes, I had taken it. We talked briefly. It was like, I think I'd been on it maybe two or three weeks. I can't totally remember. OK, good. Um, now I've been on it a full six weeks. I just started my seventh week yesterday. I took a seventh shot so it's like I, I i looked into it it said it worked immediately but then i saw other things that were like it will take a number of weeks but maybe that was semiglutide i i often mix them up well it's interesting um, yeah i have a friend who started semiglutide he lives in london and he was telling me that that he was told it takes a little while um 
to, to start this, my experience, obviously I can only talk about my experience. It started working immediately where I was not hungry. I had no cravings. I, you know, luckily did not experience a great deal of adverse side effects. A lot of people complain of like very intense nausea or feeling terrible. Like I didn't have that. I had a little bit here and there, but like really not a problem. Um, and it did. In the- I mean, I, I literally think I hear that and I'm like, who doesn't get nauseous sometimes? <laughs> like, I feel like that's not, it's not I daily know. for me, but like, I mean, and it's not crippling, but no. you know, I go and I work out hard and I'm nauseous uh, sometimes. Well, or I, yeah. No, no, I know some people who can doesn't have- occasionally get stopped up or get loose stools like this is like <laughs> life, isn't it? I know. I know. Well, I think, yeah, people people really like you can go down crazy rabbit holes when you read all the stuff everyone has to say. And that's why like your own experience is important. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I didn't experience anything bad. I still haven't. Um, in the first four weeks, I lost 15 pounds. Um, yeah, granted, you know, I think in the beginning of any diet, I've always lost, you know, a good little bit right away. Right. It's water. It's this, it's that, it's all the, you know, puffiness. Like, um, and now in my, in the next two weeks, I guess. So like six weeks, um, I think I lost another three and a half. And I, at first, um, you know, that all those kind of like mental things happen where I'm like, oh no, I'm not losing weight fast enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like all the old past craziness I can have, but I've been really working hard on just here I am today. It's okay. Slower is actually better. Like, you know, for the longevity of it all. And I was just like, okay, cool. So I've been doing very well at not getting you know, nuts about the number. Um, I've been working very hard at eating three meals a day. When I say working hard at eating three meals a day, I mean like three balanced meals, whether I'm, cause, cause honestly, if I'm just left, this makes you not hungry. Um, so it's like, and I'm still on the lowest dose of it. I didn't go up in my dose yet. So it just, you, I just don't think about food. I don't think about eating. I don't crave anything. Um, so I've been eating three meals a day, definitely when I've traveled or, you know, not been in my routine at home, that kind of fluctuates a bit, but that's sort of how I am normally. Um, and then just to say, I've made little rules for myself. Like I'm trying not to be scared of carbohydrates because all my past diets is like, stay away from carbs. You know, all these, I've done every diet in the world. And so yeah. I've been like, cool, balanced. If I eat a carb, I make sure I have protein with it. I'm not letting myself just have a piece of bread for no fucking reason, you know, like, so, cause anyway, so I'm working hard on changing my behaviors on having, you know, just good habits, drinking water, all these things just had Thanksgiving And it was the first Thanksgiving in my life where I wasn't thinking about, oh God, if I eat too much, oh, what am I going to eat? I'm on a diet. I just ate a normal amount of food and I, it was, you know, it was pretty wild. So there's part of me that feels like, oh my God, I'm cheating. I have this amazing like thing that's making me not crave stuff, but that's what it's for. So that's where I'm at. And I wrote to my my counselor guy this morning on the, the app where I got it and all that just to say, hey, here's where I'm at. And what happens in two weeks when I need another prescription? Am I going to go up or stay where I'm at? So that's that's where it's at. Wow, dude, that's wild. Um, I feel like I, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, my worry would be for myself, not my worry for you, because it sounds like you're doing everything you should be doing, which is great. For me, my worry would be like, this would be a way for me to eat whatever I want and not gain weight. Do do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, totally. And I know that that's, you know, that's what uh, I may have done in the past, but because I feel so strongly right now of like, I don't want to do this again, meaning lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it. I just don't want to do it again. And also I feel like, you know, it says you're not supposed to eat extra high fatty foods, fried things, this and that. So it's not that I've been perfect. You know, we were on a road trip for Thanksgiving, seeing my husband's family and driving down. We stopped it in and out because that was the place you could stop. And so I ate one hamburger. I didn't have cheese on it. 
but I ate. And you got full from a hamburger? I got full from a hamburger and like a quarter of the fries. Yeah, see, that's fucking crazy, dude. I can't, uh, uh, let's say a couple of caveats here. Mm -hmm. In our minds, isn't In-N-Out like the healthiest of the fast food hamburger places? (laughs) It is. Like the fact that you see them slicing their tomatoes Mm -hmm. and their potatoes and stuff, you just go like, oh, this is like an organic oasis, you (laughs) know, which who fucking knows any of that's true. But for me, in my head, I think of In-N-Out as like a healthy version, like McDonald's is bottom of the barrel, GMO pesticides, (laughs) um, just like everything's trucked in frozen. Yep. And in and out is like almost hippies are yes. serving you food, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So like, good job on that. Like, yeah. let's let's say good job on that. And then secondly, um, I remember once going to an in and out before I'd gone, before I'd really, so this was the 90s. It was on the five, like around Magic Mountain or before Magic Mountain. If anybody knows where that is, it's like Tejon Pass. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's this oasis off. You see it from a real far distance, the red and white of In-N-Out, and it's glowing like a Mecca. And I go in there. I I didn't leave my car because I I wouldn't leave my car back then. Um, And I ordered two double-doubles a large fry. And then I, I got into a fight with them because I wanted, because their milkshakes are tiny, mm-hmm. right? Which is again, where you're like, they're health conscious. They <laughs> serve these little eight ounce milkshakes. Right. And I was like, no, no, I want you to take a large fountain drink, which is probably 50 ounces. Mm-hmm. And I want you to fill it with four milkshakes or five milkshakes and I'll pay for all five. And the person there was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And I was like, okay, well, how do I get five milkshakes in one cup? And he was like, I guess you can buy five milkshakes and I can sell you a large drink. And I was like, okay, just don't put anything in the large drink. And he wouldn't even do that. And he was like, no, no, listen, motherfucker, you want to do this? I'm not going to take and I'm going to be as strict to my rules as possible to limit your and so I I ordered five milkshakes and a large drink, dumped the drink, poured them all. It was a fucking mess because I wanted 60 ounces of or whatever the large drink is yeah, of milkshake. And I still wasn't really full. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you saying I know I, I got-, got full off a hamburger, a hamburger. What's that? What's a hamburger? One sl- little sliver of meat, no cheese. And a bun. I know. Um, and a quarter of the fries. That seems like miraculous to me. It's really crazy because what I've been, it, it, you know, it's like I go, oh, this is what, you know, quote unquote, normal people do. They have two eggs and a piece of toast or they eat their sausage and a thing. Uh, they have a lunch that's some of the, it, it. It's really wild. So when you talk about like greatest fear you know, my greatest fear is what happens when I stop this and wean off of it and go back to not having this, you know, hunger assisting. Obviously, it's doing more in your body than just suppressing your hunger. It's scientifically, you know, there's more to it, right? It's slow digestion, all these things that make you not hungry. But that's my fear is like, what's going to happen when I get to, okay, back to real life. And I have a friend who is on a version and she's going to wean off of it soon, I think. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm very curious how that goes. That's where I, th- and I've watched a lot of videos of different dietitians talking about it. And one person was like, you should not be allowed to do this. If you are not going to have a high protein diet, if you're not going to go to the gym, like you should not be able to do this just because all those other things are important. So I, I will say, Right. Without lifestyle, change. lifestyle change. So yeah. So I think I got to get a little stricter on myself with myself on a couple points, which is adding in the exercise because now I'm like, okay, I got it. I know I need to eat three meals a day. I'm doing that. They're balanced. I'm, you know, 80% of the time drinking all my water, all that kind of stuff. I'm not craving weird things. You know, now I have to get that exercise in. Oh, I'm making sure I drink like a 
a protein drink every day to make sure I have enough protein, all that kind of stuff. And, but that's now I got to go, okay, great. That's it. It's been six weeks, like exercise three times a week, like strength training something, because I could see how I could just not do that, you know? So that's what I'm going to focus on now. And I hope that at our next check-in, I can report to you that I'm I've added that in again, because I want to do that for the rest of my life. I want to, you know, be, I want that. So yeah, that's you almost think, I I mean, like there's a version of this where like you could make two videos of people and one person, you know, but I don't know. I don't know how we change people's mind because this seems like a great tool to, actually puts some structure into your life, right? Yeah, yeah. It really does because a lot of the times when you're trying to get your protein up and you're trying to get your meal size down and you're trying to do all of that, the hunger can get in the way, Yeah, you know, and, and the noise of food and all of that can get in the way and can drive you off course, right? A hundred percent. So it seems like a, a really cool tool in that sense. But, you know, if it's just like this magical thing where like I can continue, like my fear would be I'm starting to eat McDonald's again right. if I, if I'm on this and, and, and I'm not gaining weight. And like, so what's the problem, you know? Yes. Um, and for me, the problem is that like, if I then didn't have it at some point and I've now opened up the, the taking the guardrails off of my life in such a way, then it's really hard to get back on. So I, you know, I am conflicted too, because there are going to be people who are like taking these things for life Mm -hmm. and with them, maybe it doesn't matter as much, but I do know that that kind of radical weight loss you're losing a ton of lean tissue if you're not increasing protein, yeah. a ton of lean tissue if you're not doing some resistance training. And that doesn't have to be everybody's metric. Like everybody doesn't have to give a shit whether they retain lean tissue or not. Um, but lean tissue is also organs. Right. I, I know they, they'd be the last to go really. Um, but like there's a lot of like health markers where if you talk to people, I think a lot of people do have health as a as a as an overall goal. Yeah. And there's a lot of health markers that talk about planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The amount of muscle mass and lean tissue are super, super beneficial to health. Um, I don't know. So there's all those kind of things. I think you're going to have a lot of people, Hollywood type people who are like, you know, I got a couple of weeks and I want to starve myself and just go to this premiere in this skimpy dress. So I'm going to take one of these drugs and, and just not eat and it doesn't matter. And then I'll come off it and, you know, and, um, you're going to have people who want to do zero lifestyle change 
and take these drugs. And then you could have people who can really turn their life around because it's super helpful to lifestyle change. Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's going to run the gamut. I have a weird sort of like, um, you know, feeling of worry of like, am I doing something to my body? It's going to like, am I going to wind up with some weird thing in the future? Because this is, you know, sort of new for this use, although the one I'm on now, you know, it has just been recently approved for this use and all of that by the FDA. But I'm just like, ah, am I doing something that's going to like bite me later in three years? I have like a, you know, spur sticking out of my head. Like, just like, well, do you know what I'm saying? I do. I think that we get around that because these things have been around for three years. Right. It's just that we're using them now more. Well, yeah. I mean, look, who knows what could happen? Maybe there's a 10 year cycle on this, but like when I think back to drugs like Fenfen or Vioxx, those got pulled right away Mm. because the people taking them started to have really bad side effects. There were like, you know, um, not, uh, there were strokes and heart attacks and right. stuff like that fairly quickly. Yeah. These drugs have been taken as to help reduce the A1C in type two diabetics mm-hmm. for a number of years. They just happened to notice like, Hey, all these people whose A1Cs have gone down while taking these drugs also lost a shitload of weight, which to me goes like, well, isn't, Weight loss probably the main reason that their A1C went down or or a big contributing factor to that. Yeah. And so but they weren't thinking about it in those terms initially. It was or maybe they were. Who the fuck knows? Maybe they knew all along and they were like, let's get this in with the diabetics, mm-hmm. test it on them. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a bunch of crazy side effects, we could sell it to the rest of America. <laughs> you know, maybe that's it, too. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, but I believe we would have seen these side effects already yeah i think so too you know and any drug has a side effect you you know fucking tylenol kills people yeah advil's terrible on your liver like like it's all everything everything has everything has. yeah yeah no it's true i know um yeah i'm gonna not focus on that i'm just gonna keep going i'm gonna keep doing the things i'm doing that are good and i'm gonna add in that exercise so the next time i talk to you i can say hey i did that Yeah. And let's hear because the other thing is like you're into your how many weeks? I've just started my seventh week yesterday. So you're into seven weeks of weight loss. How's your energy? So energy wise, I feel uh, that's interesting. Actually, I was about to say that I felt pretty good, but I will say I'm not sleeping as well as I could. And I think it's partially I don't know, actually, is it you know, I'm also a bit low on iron. So I've been trying to really get my supplements back in on that, which is kind of like girl related, I think, but I, uh, girl body related, but I, um, I guess I do feel tired in the evenings, maybe a bit earlier than I might, but then I, and then I've been waking up at like three in the morning or four in the morning or five in the morning for like about an hour, like, Hey, uh, I can't sleep. So I'm not a thousand percent sure what it's related to, but I will say, yeah, I have been, I probably am a bit more tired in the afternoon, early evening. And I, yeah. So is that because I'm not sleeping great? Am I not sleeping great because I'm losing weight? I don't know exactly what came first. Yeah. I just don't know how you can get around because I understand the drug reducing your hunger hormones, Mm -hmm. the hormones that literally make you feel hungry. Yeah. I understand that. I don't know. I don't think it could give you more energy. Like your body is in a state where it has less energy than it needs every day. And so it's actually having to work a little harder Mm -hmm. to break down the fat to get the energy up to what it needs. Right. So I think normally for me on a diet, I get six weeks, seven weeks in, I'm feeling fucking tired. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely where I'm at for sure. I would think, I don't know how it beats that system. Yeah. No, no. I just, yeah, I think you're right. And I, and that's something I've been thinking about in the middle of the night, the last couple of nights, also just like these last few days with not being home for the holiday and stuff, being at family, I definitely felt a little off on the routine I was starting to create, even just 
eating enough at the right times and all that. So I think like this week I'm going to, yeah, this week I'm going to pay more attention to that and just make sure I get enough food too. Yeah. Also for, um, for the nighttime, maybe try like casein protein and water. Have you ever had casein? It, 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 it does. It, some people don't love it, it mm-hmm. does, but cause it's a slow digesting protein, mm. but you could try that and see if you sleep better or try yeah. literally saving your meal, your nighttime meal until right before you go to bed. That's not going to fuck with you. It could just make you sleep better. Yeah, try that. I, I'm rethinking my whole idea of fatigue. I don't know because technically your body is getting the energy it needs because it's consuming fat mm-hmm. that you've stored. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. I don't know if you're getting tired. I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. I know. You know what I mean? If you, if you're if you, if the hormones aren't if the hormones that are supposed to tell you to eat are being slowed down. Maybe the hormone that's supposed to tell you you're tired is being slowed down too, because technically if you weren't, if you were actually, your body's consuming enough energy, it's just consuming stored fat. I don't fucking know. I I know. Maybe we have to talk to a doctor about that. Yeah. Maybe I'll ask my guy on my app. What if he's noticed that or what he has to say? Yeah. I'll report yeah. back on that next time we check in too. I'm fucking looking forward to it, Paige. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, you're doing great. Keep going. Love thank you. Go. Talk to you later. Love you. Talk to you later. Thank you. And now for the Q&A. Today's question comes from Nathaniel. Hi, Nathaniel. He says, Ethan, just recently started following you. I listened to you on Joe Rogan and on Mark Bell's podcast and now on AG. As I'm walking through losing weight again, I remember you said at night when you were hungry or woke up hungry, you'd eat a handful of amino acids. Night hunger is one of my setbacks. Can you tell me what amino acids you took and how much, et cetera? Yeah, this great question, Nathaniel. I was, there was a point in time where I was on a very, I was kind of at the tail end of a cut and I was really hungry you know the longer you diet kind of the hungrier your body gets the the more it can interrupt your sleep and all of that and there is a product i believe it's called perfect protein and it is just amino acid tablets and each uh they're not really pills but i guess cap they're not like tablets i think i remember is it called perfect aminos maybe maybe it's perfect aminos or perfect protein aminos or something like that. You know, each tablet is equal to a gram of protein. So I would at times swallow 15 of these tablets in the middle of the night, you know, instead of going upstairs and making a whey protein shake because they actually had less total calories than any of my whey protein. And like making a shake in the middle of the night is a pain in the ass. So that's what those were called. I would be really weary if you're eating animal products of uh, BCAAs. Those don't seem to do a whole hell of a lot. These things, perfect aminos, had all of the amino acids in necessary for protein for a gram of protein. So that's what those were called. Um, I don't have any real connection to them. You could probably Google and find them. Um, yeah. And that helped with your, with your hunger. It helped with my sleep. Mm. I would, I would have casein protein at night and still sometimes wake up hungry in the middle of the night and take those. I, you know, it was literally just so that I could sleep. Got you. Got you. Okay, cool. Well, that's, yeah, that's super helpful. Um, Nathaniel, let us know how it goes. And, and, uh, yeah, for anybody else that wants to know, you know, an answer to a question and you want Ethan to answer it, you can email us anytime, day or night. It's hello at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>